Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Brain Food Podcast. I am Casey Thomas and this week we are in part three of our deep dive into stimulant use for cognitive performance. Before we dive into that, please be sure to leave me a rating and review. It really does help me know what you're thinking. I <laughs> built this series around some questions from one of you guys, uh, specifically about the questions coming in regarding Adderall use. Um, it is just so popular right now. So that kind of feedback is what I love to get because it you know, helps me guide and create new episodes around what you guys want to hear. So anyway, please keep doing it. I love it. It helps me, and I hope it helps you too. <laughs> if you can, also please do subscribe. I want you to be the first to know when I have more episodes coming on out, and it also really does help me out a whole lot. So um, anybody who has, thank you so much for, for subscribing. Now let's get into part three. So just as a brief recap, part one, we talked about various stimulant compounds, specifically cocaine, amphetamines, and we reviewed a little bit of the mechanisms behind Adderall. We talked about some of the preliminary research found when stimulants are administered to individuals. Adderall is a medication that is used quite successfully to help individuals with either ADHD or narcolepsy because it helps correct for a deficiency in the brain. A lot of people have seen the performance improvements that come along with taking Adderall in these individuals, and it led them to think, hey, what if a normal person takes it? Is it going to take me from 100% to 110%? Can I use this as a nootropic? Can this be the next limitless drug? All right. Adderall has widespread use. Okay. It is running wild on college campuses, in the business realm, uh, in sports. And so, you know, I got a couple questions about this and I felt like I really wanted to do a deep dive. There is minimal data in healthy individuals and Adderall. Okay, very little data. Last week, we reviewed one study that was in healthy individuals. And I thought that was a really good paper because what it showed was that, yes, it improved attention. All right, People were able to attend to information better. But it either had no change or a worsening in every other metric that we looked at. And that's really interesting because while the benefits were essentially negligible and it was hurting working memory and, and other things, people felt like it was helping out a whole lot. So the the belief is completely discordant with the actual effect. And, and, and rightfully so, right? Because these individuals who take these stimulant medications, they get a physiological, visceral feeling that something is happening. Their heart rate increases, their blood pressure increases, their mood is elevated, all this stuff. So, you know, it, these, it shows the power of these feelings and how it clouds our thoughts. But I like to say, if you're not measuring, you're guessing. And on this podcast, we're here to talk specifically about brain performance. All right. And if you want to feel great, we have data that says it makes you feel great, okay? <laughs> so there you go. But let's take a look at one more study that 
wanted to examine Adderall use in healthy individuals. And this study was done in 2019, so very recent, right? Like, like I said, we have very little data in healthy individuals. All of the historical data that we have comes from clinical populations. So we're only just now starting to really investigate its use in healthy individuals. So 2019, Sela, I, I believe is how you pronounce it. I, you know, I'm probably butchering it, and I apologize greatly to the author, but it's it's spelled T S E L H A. All right. So this is a new study. And the, the context that they wanted to set for us is just, hey, modern life is a little bit crazy. I'm sure you feel it. I'm sure you feel stressed out a lot, right? <laughs> and we are turning more and more into these knowledge workers rather than these manual workers. People are drawn to the limitless drug, okay? All these people are turning to, to stimulant compounds like Adderall with the belief that it's going to help, all right? So I did mention two weeks ago that we do have data that stimulants can help in fatigued and sleep-deprived individuals, people who are demonstrating poor baseline levels of performance. We have data that stimulant use can rescue some of this performance. Okay, It doesn't supercompensate. It doesn't take you from 100% and over in these studies. All it does is it restores some lost performance. And... What this study does, which is really interesting, is it really wants to highlight that sleep aspect. Sleep is a huge factor that hasn't really been controlled for. And let me tell you, sleep plays a massive effect on cognitive ability. People don't realize how bad it is when they're sleep deprived because they aren't measuring. They're just like, oh, I feel bad today. But you don't actually realize how worse you are that day because you are sleep deprived. You would be shocked. You would be truly shocked if you actually measured and you saw how much worse you were actually doing after a night of poor sleep. All right. We know, we know, okay, there's countless data on this, that stimulant use before bed messes with sleep quality as well as quantity. And that's no surprise, right? Stimulants, by definition, are helping you stay awake and be more alert and promotes wakefulness. And that is going back to its historical purpose, right? It was used in World War II to help soldiers stay awake when they had to be awake for days at a time. So we know stimulants interfere with sleep because that is their job. It is their job to interfere with sleep. And so the question is, what happens if we give someone a stimulant, right? We presumably, it's going to interfere with their sleep. And so you know, intuitively, people might understand that. They might say, oh, okay, if I take an Adderall right before bed, then it's going to help me stay up all night so I can cram for my test. Okay, that would that would happen, right? But what if you're just trying to use it for day-to-day, -day, okay? Then you're probably not going to want to take it right before bed because you're going to want to still get valuable sleep, right? So then the question becomes, what if we put Adderall in the morning? What if we put Adderall use in the morning to kickstart your day, and then, hopefully, by nighttime, you know, the effects have worn off and you're able to still get a good night's sleep. Can Adderall have utility in that instance? So that's what this study wanted to look at. Okay, they got healthy young individuals. Again, my favorite population for, for this topic, okay, because we that's what we care about. Will it help healthy people already at a good level of performance?
they made sure they were actually very very rigorous in the study to make sure that they excluded people who might have any kind of confounding variable all right so they made sure that they had no neurological or psychiatric history they also wanted to make sure that they had no family history of any kind of psychiatric or mental issues all right no one uh, in this study had any sort of sleep issues everyone was either drug naive or had minimal contact with Adderall in the past. So this was a novel experience for them. Um, the people who had minimal contact, they defined that as having less than two instances of lifetime exposure to Adderall use, okay? So only two times in their life could they have been allowed to have taken Adderall previously, all right? So no one is actively using stimulant medication. No one is even you know, having any history of regular use with Adderall. No one has any psych uh, psychological conditions. No one has any sleep issues. And then they took it a step further too. They also said, before our test days, you have to make sure that you get one week of solid sleep. Okay. So they really want to make sure that sleep is not a factor here. They want to make sure that people's performance coming in are as good as possible. All right. So everybody was required to get a minimum of seven hours of sleep in the week leading up to test days. And what they did was they tested 20 milligrams of Adderall use in the morning, okay, again, in the morning versus placebo. Then what they did was they tested working memory throughout the day. Then they had the participants sleep in a sleep lab, and then they retested their performance the next morning. They also did something pretty smart, which was they separated the visits by a week to allow washout of the drug. So every single person had a placebo condition and every single person had an Adderall condition. So they had one day where they tested and saw how they did on Adderall and one day where they tested and saw how they did on placebo and they compared within the individuals. So, hey, did you, Billy, do better on Adderall versus on placebo? Okay, so they wanted to test how you did, and then they pooled all that data together. So how it actually looked on test day, you would show up, you would do a baseline working memory task, all right? See how you did naturally, okay? Just naturally, what is your working memory looking like? They were then given the drug, whether that was placebo or Adderall. And then they did another working memory task 75 minutes after that. They were being smart. They were being practical. They wanted to monitor these people before they released them. So they said, you can't be released for four hours. We got to keep an eye on you. These people were drug naive, remember? So, you know, there is definitely some uh, potential for side effects whenever you administer stimulants to people. So they kept them in there for four hours, made sure there were no side effects. Then they said, okay, you're allowed to go. The catch is you can't have any caffeine, you can't take any naps, and you are not allowed to exercise. Then the participants returned that night and they did another working memory task. And this was at 9 p.m., okay? So they did another working memory task, 9 p.m., and then they were hooked up to a polysomnograph, which is basically, you know, these little things that they attach to your brain and, you know, you go to sleep, essentially. So they slept in a sleep lab 
and they were given 10 hours in bed. All right, and this was just to make sure that everybody got as much sleep as their body would allow them to get. So they were lights out at 11 p.m. and they were told to wake up or they were woken up at 9 a.m. and then they did another working memory task. And the working memory task that these researchers decided to use was kind of interesting. They were shown a string of letters that were anywhere from four to eight characters long. And they were told to remember the exact sequence of letters. Now between the presentation of each individual letter, so like between say A is your first letter and D is your second letter, between those presentations, they were given a simple arithmetic equation on the screen. So it might say 4 plus 2 equals 6. Or it might say 3 plus 6 equals 5. It might sound a little funny to you because that's wrong. And they were asked to input if the equation was correct or not. And they only had you know two or three seconds to respond. Okay, So they had to quickly assess this equation to make sure, is it right, is it not right? And, and what this does is, you know, the arithmetic equations, that stops the individual from being able to rehearse the letters that were shown. Okay, so this interferes with their ability to do that. And this is a, a pretty good task, a pretty good way to measure working memory, if you ask me. Within those tasks, you know, if it was four or five letters long was the string of letters, they called that the easy version of the task. And if it was, you know, seven or eight letters long, then that was like the hard version of the task. Okay. Now, we can make some predictions here. And the authors even believe this, that working memory on the day of would be enhanced after Adderall administration. Okay. They thought that Adderall would enhance working memory on the day of. Now, the other question is, how will it affect sleep, right? Because most of the research is not done right in the morning. Sometimes, you know, people will do these studies. It's in the afternoon. Sometimes it's in the evening. Sometimes it's in the morning. But how does Adderall use in the morning at a clinical dose, 20 milligrams, how does that affect sleep the same night? Based on what we know about how important sleep is for, you know, per cognitive performance, if you think that Adderall use in the morning interferes with sleep that same night, then you might believe that your working memory performance would be worse the next day. If you think that Adderall use is washed out by then, then what you're going to see is that there could be either no change or an enhancement in performance in working memory the next day. So we have some hypotheses as to what actually resulted. Subjects did a really good job at making sure that they slept leading up to the experiment day. Okay, slept an average of seven hours and 53 minutes. Sleep was slightly less the day of 
test day. Presumably it's because, you know, they had to get up and get ready for the examination. Maybe they set their alarm clocks a little bit earlier, something like that. But we saw that the day of test, the night before they slept an average of seven hours and six minutes. So still a good amount of sleep, okay? Still greater than seven hours, which was the requirement, but slightly reduced from the week leading up. But in either case, uh, what we saw was that the sleepiness level of participants was the same between the groups, and the average amount of sleep was the same between the groups as well. So this isn't something that is going to cloud our results. Now, as far as sleep is concerned, the interesting finding is that the Adderall group had both worse sleep quality and quantity. Okay, and this is consistent, honestly, with, with previous results, which just shows that stimulant use interferes with sleep because that is what it's supposed to do. And the interesting thing here, though, is that it still interfered with sleep even when it was given in the morning because you might hope that that's enough time for it to wash out of your system and not mess with your sleep. But this study says, uh-uh. Adderall use in the morning, even at a clinical dose, not even at a high dose, still interferes with your sleep that same night. And that kind of sucks. Now, what about working memory, though? Well, the baseline working memory scores were identical between groups, which is as expected in a randomized trial. You know, we have good working memory between people. Um, performance levels were at a nice, healthy level. Okay, so they were not depressed levels of performance. What we saw might surprise you. The placebo group showed significant improvement in their working memory when you compare test one to test three the next morning. When you look specifically at the hard version of the working memory, the improvement was even more pronounced. Okay, so on the hard stuff, the placebo group did even better the next day. In comparison, the Adderall group was significantly worse than the placebo group. So, kind of going over it a little bit, Adderall use in the morning significantly impairs sleep that same night. And this is something that we talked about. Adderall has a very long half-life, right? It's got, you know, the, the dextroamphetamine has a half-life of about 10 hours. The levoamphetamine portion of it has a half-life of like 12 and a half hours, all right? These are very long times to be in your system because it means if you take it at 9 in the morning, half of the drug is still in your system at 9 p.m. when you're trying to get ready for sleep, all right? Half of the drug still in your system. So, of course, it's going to interfere with sleep. Um, and it's only going to get worse the higher the dose that you take. Now, contrary to, you know, the author's expectations and what we might expect, the Adderall group showed no improvement in working memory on the same day. Okay, so both immediately after and the night after administration of Adderall, there was no improvement in working memory. And that's unfortunate <laughs> for people who want to use this for, you know, enhancements in this variable. But what's even worse is the Adderall group did significantly worse the day after. So not only did it not help day of, it made you worse the day after. And this is, you know, consistent with results showing that impairments in sleep will mess with your capacity to function at a high level the day after. In contrast to other research, 
I, I think the big differentiator here is that other studies showing enhancements to working memory after stimulant use, those individuals had poor baseline performance, okay? They were fatigued, they were sleep deprived, they were not functioning at their peak to start. And those people, sure, had a little bit of improvement. But when you have someone who is well-rested, someone who is doing what they should be, and someone who is functioning at a normal, healthy, 100% level, those people have no improvement, and they're getting worse results on the back end as a function of their impairments in sleep from this. So I, I guess to summarize this study, working memory training, so if you're trying to improve your working memory capacity or do anything like that, it seems that sleep is quite beneficial for it. And that's no surprise. Sleep helps everything, okay? Sleep helps everything. And Adderall use, even at a clinical dose of 20 milligrams, seems to impair your sleep that same night, even when given in the morning, all right? That kind of sucks, and that's unfortunate for the people who are hopeful that this is the limitless drug. Now, the authors point out, they say, hey, there is something that people can do that will be great for their performance. And that is, take your sleep serious, have good sleep hygiene, and take a look at naps. Okay, this is going to be far superior to enhancing your cognitive performance than Adderall will be. So that's kind of funny to me. Um, it's not really sexy. It's not the limitless drug, but I like a good nap. I know a lot of people who like naps. Uh, try to work them in and you will be rewarded greatly as far as your brain is concerned. So that'll do it for today. This study uh, was another one that I really enjoyed and I thought really showcases what Adderall is doing to healthy individuals who are functioning at their peak. And, it, you know, as you can kind of tell, it's kind of shaping up that Adderall might not be all it's cracked up to be for normal, healthy individuals. So with that, I'm done for the day. If you can, please let me know what you thought. You can shoot me an email. It's caseythomasrd at gmail.com. I read 100% of what you send me, sometimes despite my better judgment. <laughs> it really does mean a lot to me when I get interaction from you guys. And I just want to hear, you know, what you guys are curious about hearing about next. Okay. Uh, if you can, please also subscribe. I would really appreciate it. I truly thank everybody who has subscribed. It really does help me out a whole lot. And, you know, it also helps you be the first to know when I have more stuff coming on out. So with all that said and done, thank you so much again for listening. We'll wrap up next week with part four, and we'll put some final thoughts on this, this topic of stimulant use for cognitive enhancement, or lack thereof, as it's starting to, to look like. <laughs> Have a good one. Take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.